Welcome to the CU Strategy Forum podcast, a podcast designed especially for credit union leaders. Our goal is to bring you the latest strategic resources for growing your profitability and membership. Whether your credit union has 10,000 or 10 million members, we think you'll find today's conversation valuable. All right, we're live at the CU Strategy Forum 2023 up here in Ventura. I'm here with Blake Hastings, former uh, vice president at the Fed. Uh, and then, you know, tell us a little bit about SWBC and what you're currently doing now. So uh, SWBC, we are a sort of multifaceted financial services company based in San Antonio, Texas. Um, we have 14 different companies that do a variety of things from uh, property and casualty and employee benefits to uh, uh, mortgage uh underwriting and, and banking. Uh, we also have a financial institution group that services the credit union industry, and that's really the, the, the group that I'm here with today. And in that space, we do a lot of things for uh, together with credit unions as business partners. We provide a lot of collateral protection insurance, uh, gap and warranty programs, a lot of collections services, uh, as well as payments processing services to, to credit unions. And so um, we're in over 850 credit unions across the country. Wow. And, Obviously, the CU Forum is, is, is a great event for us, and we're happy to come and, 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 and share some thoughts about what we see happening in the economy. Yeah, thank you. Well, this is, you know, this is one of our first episodes in the podcast, so thank you for being here. Sure. And the format for this, you just finished a, an amazing uh, talk, which we'll also post on the podcast session. We're, we're hoping to kind of generate a little bit more awareness of, you know, kind of diving deep into the numbers that you presented. It was a fascinating economic presentation. You were here last year, which I think was a... A fun way that you started, it's kind of an accountability of here's what I predicted last year, here's what actually happened. Yeah. You're pretty pretty impressively close. I think that's yeah. that's a, um, I don't know, not many people can say that, so well done. Yeah, I'm not sure if I would have done that slide <laughs> if, I, if I had been way, way off, but I think it's important when you speak to an audience, uh, you know, on an annual basis that you, yeah. you, you share with them, you know, what did I say last year and how did that turn out, just to give a little accountability. Yeah, I appreciate that. I thought that was that was so yeah. great. Uh, you had some really great takeaways. And the format for this is if I had 10 more minutes, right? Like just boiling down your talk into something that we can all digest some of the like, you know, main points that you discussed. And so I'll bring some of the things that stuck out to me and hopefully right. there's spins off into some more conversations with you. But you had some really great insight into what you view being uh, the interest rate environment moving forward. Uh, and so you, not to steal your thunder, but you, you kind of had a contrary view in terms of what you expect rate hikes to be for the rest of the year? Uh, fill us in. So I, I think a, a lot of people like myself feel like the Fed is pretty much at its peak for, for, the, for, for raising rates. I, I don't think there'll be any more rate hikes at this point, unless, of course, inflation surprisingly surges again, which, I, I, again, I don't think is going to occur. I think where I'm a little different than the financial markets is the financial markets are baking in actually two to three rate decreases before the end of this year. And um, I don't see that uh, for a number of reasons. Number one, uh, inflation's been sticky coming down, and I think it will come down gradually. And the Fed remembers its mistake uh, from the 1970s, 80s, late 70s, early 80s, when it, it took off, took the foot off the brake pedal too soon, mm -hmm. and inflation came roaring back, and they had to do another round of tightening that caused a really tough recession in the, in the early 80s. Uh, so they're going to be loath to make that mistake again, and because of that, I think they're going to leave rates where they are for the rest of this year. Uh, and, and, and I'm not just saying that. That's what they're saying they're going to do. Right. <clears throat> so if you listen to Chairman Powell in particular, he says, you know, we want to make sure inflation is down. We don't, we, we don't want to make that mistake again. And because of that, I don't think the Fed will take any 
move towards beginning the normalization of policy by re reducing rates until probably sometime in this in the first or second quarter of next year. So if you're if you're looking to buy a home, you're probably yeah. So what I tell a lot, I get asked that question a lot. I tell a lot of, of potential home buyers that you know I really see the 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 bottom of the market for homes in terms of price of home happening some, somewhere around the third or fourth quarter. In fact, there's some data in from the Case-Shiller Index that looks at home prices across the country that suggests that the, the, the decline in home prices may be coming to, a, to an end here. And so I really think the bottom is third or fourth quarter. Again, it'll vary by market. Um, and so from a price perspective, I think that's the time to get in. Interest rates may still be a little higher uh, than people like, but you can always refinance in a year or two when right. rates gradually come back down. That being said, I do think the interest rate environment for mortgages will start to improve in the third and fourth quarter as well, right. um, sustainably. I think right now they're bouncing around the bottom a little bit in terms of mortgage demand and in terms of rates bouncing along sort of the, the top. So I do think as the Fed signals later this year their intent to begin normalizing policy in 2024, that'll be the all clearer for market rates to begin gradually coming back down sustainably. So I think that'll be constructive uh, for the home, for the for the for the home sector, for the housing sector, right. in the third and fourth quarter, which is you know amazing strategy for credit unions as they're looking yeah. to I mean, practically, if you're looking for loan acquisition as part of your growth strategy, save those budgets for third and fourth quarter yeah. to do a lot of that lead acquisition and and mm -hmm. nurturing process because it's going to continue to bounce pretty low for right. a while. That's amazing. Uh, talk about unemployment rates. You kind of mentioned that we're hovering at a fairly low unemployment rate. 60-year low, 3.4%, which, you know, is pretty much as low as it can go. Um, I like to jokingly tell audiences we're kind of at the unemployable rate uh, because really the workforce that's left out there, um, you know, there's a reason they're unemployed. Either they're not yeah. really interested in working or they lack some of the social skills or even the, the hard skills to, 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 to be employed. Um, so really there isn't a whole lot of labor supply left uh, in the equation. And so... Uh, that's one of the reasons why I, I, while I do feel a recession is coming, I don't think it'll be a, I think it'll be a milder recession because we have such tight labor markets and employers are going to be really loath to let people go mm. uh, unless they really, really have to. In fact, surveys of employers um, who are saying they are currently overstaffed but intend to keep their employees anyway is actually picking up. Uh, and, and that's sort of, it's sort of statistical evidence of my hypothesis that, that this is going to be, you know, while we will see the unemployment rate pick up, it's not going to pick up nearly as dramatically as we typically see in a recession because of these tight labor markets. So between interest rates, unemployment, seems like very good news for what we're expecting in the, you know, there's lots of uncertainty in the environment, especially around confidence in the banking system. You had some great, great slides, great data points around uh, confidence, not only in the banking industry, but in credit unions specifically. Yeah, like credit union balance sheets are very strong. Uh, capital ratios are very strong. Um, when you look at delinquencies and things like that, they are coming back. Auto delinquencies are sort of back to their pre-pandemic levels and will likely go above that, but they're not, they're not going to be catastrophic. More importantly, credit unions have been reserving for loan losses over the last year, anticipating the economic slowdown that we're about to see. Uh, and because of that, I think they're, if anything, over-reserved, uh, which is a good thing going right. into a, a, a recession. Uh, and so I, I'm very confident that credit, the credit union industry will weather this storm quite well. Um, it'll be a mild storm. It won't last very long. It'll probably be a recession of two to three quarters. Unemployment might go to five and a half percent at the top, but not you, what you typically see in a recession where unemployment goes to seven or 10 percent. 
and creates pressure on financial mm-hmm. institutions when people can't pay their loans and defaults and things occur, and that causes institutions to have to tighten credit further, kind of becomes a negative feedback loop uh, on the economy. And I don't see that kicking in because of the health of the, of the financial industry generally and the credit unions in particular. That's great. I mean, that's such... I think the title of your slide was There Isn't a Banking Crisis, Correct. which <laughs> is great. Uh, and I think you had a really great data point around capitalization, like, you know, well-capitalized banks are at about 7%. The credit union, in gener- credit union industry in general is roughly at 10%, Correct. which is phenomenal. I mean, I, I think this is what consumers need to hear. This is what our executives need to hear as they start walking into that. There is a recession coming. It's probably not as bad as you're thinking. We're bouncing around the bottom in many of these metrics already. Yep. And so however you feel now, the anticipation of it being worse is probably not the case. You know, just to add to that, it's a fantastic point. <clears throat> Recessions are um, abnormal. In fact, the normal sort of place for the economy is to be growing, especially in a free market economy like the United States. And so uh, recessions are sort of the abnormalities that, that often occur when things get out of, out of balance and you've got inefficiencies built up and what have you. Well, we just had a recession, a pretty stark one, with COVID a couple of years ago. And so it's very unusual to have a recession follow another this quickly. And because of that, it's another reason I think this will be a milder recession. A lot of the inefficiencies and sort of fat, if you will, in the economy got trimmed out during COVID. Um, And so this recession is going to be, I think, a lot milder because there just isn't as much inefficiency built up because it's only been a couple of years. Mm. And so some of these sort of typical business cycle things that typically feed into a recession aren't there. Right. This one's going to be, I think, a little bit more unique uh, in, in, in the sense that we overheated things with all the stimulus, both monetary and fiscal policy. We're going to give some of that back in a mild recession. But, right. but in terms of the, the typical inefficiencies you, you see get worked off in a recession, and that can sometimes cause a recession through the business cycle. Um, it's been such a short cycle, you're just not going to see as much of that. And it's another reason I think it'll be a milder episode. Well, lots of good news from Blake. Uh, it's very exciting. And considering your uh, track record so far and your accountability presentation, I really appreciate that. Um, so we're looking forward to kind of hearing your full podcast and diving into that. And I really thank you for your time being here. Thank you. Appreciate it. Today's CU Strategy Podcast is brought to you by 454 Creative, a digital marketing agency with extensive experience developing websites and marketing strategies for credit unions. 454 Creative is ready to help design your brand, define your strategy, and deliver your story to your community and grow your members. Visit 454creative.com CU today to learn more and get a free website review.